Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag. We're breaking into other departments for the next five episodes as we count down to our one-year anniversary. So far, we have spoken to Jeanette, our member services manager, Ms. Soleil, one of our cosmetologists in our spa, and now we're going to go into our yoga department to sit with Miss Lucy, our yoga boutique manager for both the 281 and the RIM location here in San Antonio, Texas. Make sure to tune in and find out which department we will sit with next. Happy listening! Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. Except if you've tuned into the last couple of episodes, you know that we are remixing this podcast style to get to know more people outside of the training team. Right now, we're actually at the rim with one of our favorites that's traveling between the rim and 281. Today we have on Miss Lucy Sanchez, our yoga boutique manager, and I could not be more excited for this episode. Lucy, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. (laughs) Me too. I have really loved kind of, as we're counting down to our one-year anniversary, venturing out to all different departments. Um, You know, I just want to get to know people that are outside of our coaching staff, and it's been a really fun turn of events. So um, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it's not, you know, it's not (laughs) maybe your wheelhouse, but it's really, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be well, a good funny time. funny enough, like, I graduated from uh, communication, so I did this <laughs> a long time ago, but never did I never did I think that I will end up recording a podcast as a yoga teacher, yoga boutique manager slash everything else. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know why when you said that, what I thought about was my speech class, and, like, the only thing that I can remember from my speech class was if you're in a blue room it allows you to calm down while you're speaking so if you have anything blue around (laughs) if you have anything blue around just stare at it (laughs) i'll just put my my computer in uh i'm looking at a rainbow right now (laughs) so i think that helps (laughs) yeah that helps you calm down a little bit um lucy how long have you been with lifetime i've been with lifetime close to four years now um I got certified. It all started me just as a member. I was a member back, I became a member back in 2012, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on the dates, but I think I'm close. Um, about 2012, I became a member, and then I started, I walked into different group fitness classes, and then I stumbled into the yoga studio one day, and I remember I walked in, and then I heard all this terminologies and weird words that I've never heard before, but something hit me and I felt different walking out of one of the classes. And then someone mentioned something about yoga teacher training and I started asking about it. And I hadn't been practicing for a while, for a long time. So I thought you had to be like a pro or have like a very strong practice Mm -hmm. to be even interested in asking about yoga teacher training. And when they told me it was not, you didn't have to have either like a regular practice or anything like that. Um, I just wanted to understand more the behind of everything because I realized it was more than just a fitness class. It, it had to do a lot with tuning in and disconnecting and connecting at the same time within yourself and 
was interested. It, something sparked in me that I started asking more about it. And then I, I had the time at that time to do it. And it was a morning program. Melissa, Melissa Burns, back in the day, she was a faculty at the RIM. And she, she told me, like, you should totally do it. So I signed up for it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I thought when I went into teacher training, it's because I did want to become a yoga teacher because I, I was going to be able to manage my schedule. Uh, little did I know that I will end up where I am right now. Right. <laughs> Being almost like a full-time job, which I love, don't get me wrong, but um, that's how it all started, just becoming, getting certified. And then a funny fact, though, is that I registered for it within, like, all the discounts that we offer, like Early Bird and things like that. So it, it, we still had a couple of months to start the program, and a couple of weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't think I can do the training because I knew it was an intense training. I mean, you there's still you have to do 200 hours of certification. And within those 200 hours, there's a lot of, like, physical practice. And it was my first pregnancy, so I had no idea what I had just signed up myself into. So I was like, what am I going to do? Oh, no. No, 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 I'm lying. It was not my first pregnancy. It was my second pregnancy. So I knew that with my first, I didn't do much other than resting and, like, um, following every direction that my OB was giving me. So I spoke to Melissa, and I was like, I just found out I'm pregnant. <laughs> Should I drop out since we haven't started? And she told me, uh, if you drop out right now, you won't find the time once the baby gets here. You're busy, your hands are gonna be full, so why don't we just try it out, and once you start getting bigger, you will modify it as we need to, and then you'll just experience the training in a very different level, because it might even help you uh, in the future to even deal with um, pregnant students that because you've already experienced it in your own body. So I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I did my training while being pregnant. I started with three months on my first trimester, and I graduated almost seven months pregnant. So, oh, wow. yeah, I couldn't forward fold by my graduation. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so, such yeah. a beautiful story, though, because I feel like some of the best some of the best students become the best teachers because we're we're able to be in other people's places. Um, and just looking at it from their perspective. So now, you know, obviously as a mother of two, um, and especially with the experience and kind of the concern that you had to go through of protecting, you know, protecting your little one, um, and just, you know, getting to know your body, because I'm sure every pregnancy is different, um, and getting to know a new format, that was a lot of learning that that you got very, very quickly. Um, yeah, and it, it also helped me because I realized the difference is that I was not active at all, mainly because, like, maybe fear or maybe, like, you're old, usually, and maybe a lot, a lot of moms would, like, probably identify, like, your first pregnancy, you do everything by the teeth, like, because right. you, you know, it's something so new that you don't want to be the reason that you mess something up. Right. So they tell no coffee, no coffee. It's like, 
like you see those memes and like funny things like the the difference between having one kid and your second kid like your second kid the pacifier falls down and you just put it back in the mouth <laughs> yeah. whereas the first one you're like carrying a sterilizer and you're doing all these things and I think it and I realized like physically how different and how good of a difference it was me being active while being pregnant mm -hmm. than not being active um I gained so much weight on my first pregnancy and on my second one, obviously, because I was active. And even with modifications and all, like, I was still way more active. And I realized that even the delivery process and everything was way easier and better mm -hmm. um, in my body and in the long run, like, how important it is to be active in just some sort of way. Right. Like some people do, like, I know, I'm sure you've seen, like, pregnant ladies weightlifting. Right. And I would say, like, if you've done it before your pregnancy, as long, like, it doesn't, I don't think it makes much difference. Obviously, I wouldn't advise anyone to start doing a new activity while they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I've seen yogis, too, like, backbending and doing inversions and things like that. And if that was in their practice before because they know their bodies it, it just gives you so much body awareness the mm -hmm. yoga practice mm -hmm. um that if you've done it before um it's easier to maneuver your body in ways that you're obviously not going to be like doing any harm right in the long run right yeah i definitely think that a couple of things that are very safe to do is oh. yoga and pilates and it just does a lot for you know, your pelvic floor and your breathing technique and just your overall spinal protection because there's a lot going on and shifting within yeah. your pelvic area and your space and just your overall intra-abdominal development. It's very challenging. That's one of the things that I always hear constantly from, from mothers is I don't know how to find my pelvic floor and I don't know how to find, you know, how to activate my my abdominal at all or my core yeah right or they're concerned about their diastasis recti which is a very you know it's a it's a genuine concern for many people and so yeah i think that that's a really easy way whenever you're a mother and um sometimes we do get surprised like we're like wow i was planning on really picking up my fitness with a different style of routine and then now i'm pregnant now what because Typically, the rule of thumb is whatever you've been doing for the last nine months, you need to continue for the next nine months. And so um, so that's kind of a safe bet is that yoga and Pilates are a very good opportunity to, you know, get to know your body and continue to strengthen and take care of your body in a very safe and loving way. Um, but um, why do you feel like... Um, you know, teaching gives you so much joy. What do you love about teaching and now being on the other side as a teacher? Well, now that I've been a teacher for so many years, um, I think it, it has evolved. Uh, it has definitely switched and changed of how it started. At first, like I say, you just, I just saw it as coming in and teaching, right? Uh, even before my teacher training, I was like, oh, that, that looks cool. Like, you get to dress up and work out clothes. You come in, you teach class, <laughs> and then you leave. Especially because in Life Power, uh, within Lifetime Walls, we don't practice. Um, we don't model, so we just cue. So it, it seems easy from the outside until you start the training and you, you realize how much harder it is. Um, like the cueing part and the, like the outside parts of it right like the right. artistry and how we're piecing everything together and because it is like it's 
it's so much artistry behind creating a class, and I'm sure it's probably the same with PTs in different ways. But I think from looking into that, like the SOP part or the standard operation procedures, as we call it, um, it's more than that because once you once I started walking into classes and teaching and seeing the effect that my class or my presence or my my just being there for someone was um, changing their days. And that's when I it, it hit me in a very different way that I realized it was more again like more than just the fitness class. When I have people come to me after class and they're like and they start bursting into tears and they're like, I don't know why I'm crying and I was like, <laughs> It's okay. It means like you really let go, you know, like it's mm-hmm. we we target so many we do so much breath work and we move our our body in so many different ways that not necessarily like and we're not doing anything like pretzelly and crazy, like put your foot behind your head. I mean, I'm sure people can do it, but that's not what we're there for. Right. Right. The main goal is like to make people feel accomplished in their own ways and in their own bodies. And one of the, that's one of the reasons going back to why we don't model is we don't want anybody to compare themselves to anybody. We used to have mirrors in the studios, in the yoga studios, and we took them down because of that. Because we wanted to to tell members that it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's not, I know there's Instagram posts all over the place that you're like, oh, that looks pretty. And they think that's how it should look like. And, and not necessarily because every single body is so different from body structure to flexibility to um, bone to bone and all those different things that what your warrior two, for example, that is that would look very different to mine. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean that yours or mine are wrong because we have different body types and different body structures. And, and it's mainly what the pose does to the person and realizing that it's more than just a pose. And then when you add that to the feeling effect and and when people get so much connected, they're able to get connected within themselves and they release things that they've been holding on to just because of breath and probably even like hip openers and things like that, that we tend to like store so much emotion. Mm-hmm. And when we allow to release those and people allow themselves to feel more than just the pose and connect within themselves, that's what gives me life. Right. Knowing that just by being there for someone and they get something out of your hour class, that's what like feeds my soul. You know, like knowing that someone is healing or someone is just allowing themselves to be and I'm giving them that space and that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really a beautiful thing it is a beautiful thing and I think that you know I I feel like I've brought that up many times throughout this podcast and especially when we were in our last episode with Soleil we were talking about um energetic healing properties through like being aware of your chakras or the energies that you're you're surrounding yourself with whether it be family friends or co-workers or what have you, you're constantly absorbing so, so many things. And a lot of people don't allow themselves the stillness to reflect and 
and release um, a lot of what's going on inside. So there's this saying that you hold your issues in your tissues. And so when you get yeah. in certain positions, you allow yourself to really be present with where you're holding the, the blocked energy, right? Um, yeah. And so once people are starting to be aware of that, then they start realizing, wow, I, it, you know, all of this power is within me. And that starts becoming very, um, it's a very po- powerful realization um, that all of, you know, all of the, all of your life, you always had the choice to be or release or, you know, recover anything that's been going on to you, right? So, yeah. Um, and I think it's also like a beautiful thing that it, it's offering a safe space. Yes. We always call it like a no judgment place. Like when you walk into the USU, it's like a no judgment zone, right? It's you and your mat and your brush. Nothing else matters. So it's giving that opportunity for you to disconnect from the outside and connect within. So I think it's a combination of like, you know, there's a quote that says, um, the body benefits from movement, but the mind benefits from stillness. Yes. So I think it's it's a combo that we're offering in all our yoga classes because you walk in, may, may it be like a heated flow mm-hmm. or a high intensity class, or maybe surrender where you're just like decompressing. Mm-hmm. We always offer those moments of silence that we're forcing us to be still, right? Like to find stillness even in the chaotic world that we live in. Like, we're always so on the go, 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 that even when we're driving, we don't allow ourselves to just be, like, put silence in everything. Even when there's not silence on the outside, Mm -hmm. but find silence within, just take a couple moments, breathe. Even if it's, like, for five breaths, it makes a whole lot of difference. Like, it just kind of, like, connects you to yourself in a whole different way. But you start seeing things in a very different, from a very different perspective. Right. And I feel like, um, you know, I feel like there, it, it does allow, like, the, you need to be able to have teachers presented to you and you need to be able to be ready to receive the message. And that's one of my favorite quotes is, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so I think that, you know, I'm very grateful um, to, to do the same things that you're kind of talking about too in, in all of our different ways. But we have these opportunities to really heal people and change people's lives. And yes. I, I remain grateful for it every single day, the fact that I'm literally changing people's, you know, um, I'm changing their lives. Like, I don't know how to say it any other way. So what what is one moment of your life that you feel like you can never go back to the person that you used to be. Maybe something like what we're talking about where, you know, one of your yoga teachers or other um, mentors shares something with you and you're just like, wow, I just, I have evolved so much as a person. There's no way that I could get back into my old skin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, when you, when uh, when we're talking about your previously, like I think like when I when worded out as like a a person that I would never go back to, I don't I don't see it necessarily in that way. Just because even if I if I'm not proud of the person I was years ago or yesterday, I do truly believe like there's no mistakes in life, or at least I want to believe that. Even though like sometimes we're the our hardest um, critiques and our hardest like we're we're the hardest on ourselves, right? Right. But I think um, 
I want to believe and I want to live by like there's no mistakes in life, only lessons if we switch the perspective on how we look at things. So I think once we get the lesson is something that we can once you see something and get a lesson from it, I think I think that's something that you can learn and grow from. And I think like growth comes from it's like it's a process of like trial, error and experimentation, right? And just looking at it and like how can I do better? I think that's what makes your next day better. Just having that thought in your head, mm-hmm. like, okay, I did this, but I learned from it, rather than seeing it as like, oh, I did this, and I made a mistake, mm-hmm. and then you go into the negative thought. Right. Whereas, like, if you put it on the other side, like, I did this, I don't want to go back to it, but I learned from this. Right. How can I become better? And I think if we live through that in life, and like, okay, every day, we're trying to become better human beings, right? And right. that's one of the things that we always say in you with teacher training. It's like, we don't necessarily do our training to train teachers. Like, I have not, I have yet not met a person that has gone through the training and regretted it. Right. And there's a lot of teachers that don't become teachers. They just said, I just became a better dad. I just became a better mom. I just became a better human being. Because we peel so many layers and there's so many activities of vulnerability that it allows ourselves, like it allows to get to know you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then knowing and getting deep into the roots of why you are the person you are Mm-hmm. And like growing and learning from that, mm-hmm. that's what makes you be like, okay, I'm going to wake up and be better than I was yesterday. And it, imagine if we do that every day, how much better we will be in a year. Right. Like little changes like that, I think, make the whole, like a big difference. Well, and I think something that we were touching on in our uh, leadership development program is we're having, um, I think the book is called Inclus- Inclus- inclusive conversations, I believe, but we were Mm -hmm. talking uh, about something called uh, psychological safety, and it's exactly what you're talking about, which is just the ability to show up as you are in a safe environment so that we can start stripping away a lot of the layers, and I feel like people get emotional in, you know, your yoga classes or even in something as simple as my onboarding because I try to create an environment of which they can really be seen and be heard and we can really focus in on something that they have been putting off for a while and they can finally really focus on themselves and a lot of people knock you know the 60-day program because well initially obviously it was guided towards like a weight loss program right but um it can become so much more than that if you allow it to be you know you have 60 days to focus on yourself and you can say that for 60 days is, t- is a good typical range for redeveloping healthier habits. And so sometimes the habits are literally just rewiring and unlearning thought processes that, that don't allow yourself to really be the fullest expression of yourself. So as simple as it sounds, sometimes it's just talking through the next 60 days of your life and how you know, workouts and eating better and sleeping better is making you feel. Um, so, and I know that, you know, that was one of your 
one of your experiences was, you know, a 60 day changed your life at one point. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your journey through 60 day when that happened? Yeah, definitely. That was, that was quite some years ago. I don't expect day, but it was way years back. I was not, I was not working for lifetime at the moment. I was just a member. I saw, I was not happy with myself. I was in a very rough, um, cause I've always, I had always been like, very skinny throughout my life I was very thin um and then when when I got married and then uh this was even before I had my kids uh you know like when you're dating and like you go out every day like the movies and the restaurants and like the family and the trips and suddenly you lose track of what you're putting into your body and then I realized that the comments from that I had heard all my life from like oh you're too skinny started becoming like what happened to you oh wow oh, like what's like did you what are you eating like oh my god and like you started seeing like oh wow like do I really look that bad because you don't realize it until like people point it out that's unfortunate I know but right um and then it it forced me to look back at like pictures and I'm like and I realized how how I was like I was hiding from not being in a happy place in my life and I was turning more into just like binge eating and things and like just eating that and I was never overweight but I was just not where I was comfortable I don't believe in numbers in a weight but like in a scale because I don't think numbers will bring you any happiness or anything like that but I think I truly believe it's like when you just don't feel in your own skin that's when you need to look and be like where where can i change this um and that's where i was like i was never overweight but i was i like i was for example i realized i was retaining liquids and because i was eating so much sodium so it looked like i was always bloated like my face was bloated my arms were like bloated it was just like i was like a little bloated person Mm -hmm. um and then i i saw the the 60 days opportunity so i was like okay why not and there was, like you said, there were like two options. There was the weight loss one and there was the, the transformation one. Um, and I was like the transformation one who focuses more on body fat um, loss rather than weight loss. So I did that and I believe I started at 26 or 27% body fat. Um, whereas for what my height and everything, it was high. And and then I just realized that I was the only one that was going to be able to make that change. Like nobody else was going to do it for me, and I was the one that needed to put every every effort I had within it, the commitment of those sixty days. And I I switched my eating. I started working out more often. I started learning about working out, <laughs> learning about how different for my body, how it. For me, it helped me more do um, like hit trainings and cardio rather than running an hour in a steady pace in a treadmill where I thought I was like, when I was killing myself an hour and just running, wasn't doing as much as if I played with my heart rate, right? Right. So, and taking out like sodas and lemonades from my plate and like starting to educate myself to eat with water. And to this day, like I usually like drink water when I'm eating like that's my I before I was just like I just didn't like water it was like it was boring it was bland it was like but then you put like the other stuff in you what you're eating 
And I started being, I've never believed in diets, to be honest. I don't like diets. I realize like diets for me, like it's called like crash diets, right? So where you like get into a goal and then suddenly people start eating again, or how you were eating before you started the diet, and then you just bounce. I bounce a lot. So I rather, that helped me become more aware of what I was putting in my body. I'm not saying right now that I eat the healthiest, to be honest with you. But at least I know that if I eat a burger today and I have a drink or two, we'll try to have more water tomorrow and eat like a chicken breast or something like that. So it's just how how you deal with it and, and, and balancing it out in a way that works for you in the long run. Because anything in short term, it's going to crash. Um, and it's going to come to a point where either you're not going to be happy because you miss a dessert or you miss a drink rather than, you know what, if I, I can give myself this dessert and then I'll probably not just tomorrow. Just balancing it out and it helped me and I ended up doing, I think I ended up being high up in the list of contenders to win. Um, I did win for locally. I, I think I ended in 16% body fat wow. at the end of yeah. my, like I, I could see little abs showing up and a little bit more of toning and it made it made me happy and when when I realized how happy that made me feel it like I I felt back within myself so I was like okay I can do this I want to keep this so let's see what worked and what didn't and try to stay as much consistent as possible right and I think incorporating my yoga practice was just um the cherry on top Right. Yeah, you found you finally found something that worked for you that was uh sustainable. And I think one of the biggest pieces too is that it's okay to not know and it's okay to ask for help and I think a lot of people try to go at it alone. Like that's something that I feel like I constantly hear is let me just try it on my own. I feel like I need to get in shape before I get in shape. And yeah. I always want people to rehear what they say because I'm like, how does that make any type of sense? Like, going at it alone will only continue to make you feel defeated and depleted because how long have you been on your own and it hasn't been working for you? So being I, able to be a part of a community or a support system like 60 Day or obviously your yoga community, it obviously doesn't need it gives to be. you accountability too. Right. You know, like for me, the 60 Day, that's what it was for me. The accountability that I knew that I was going to be, like that there was always going to be that someone rooting for me. Right. And that there was like, that you're like competing. So it gives you that thrive and they're like that, like, yes, I wanted like that competition mode. Like we always like feeling that. And I think the accountability of like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like someone's monitoring me and like my progress. And when you start seeing those results and the body's not coming down and like you start feeling better about yourself, you're like, oh, this feels good. Like you said, like those little things we don't tend to experience if you do it on your own. Right. Right. I feel like you can experience so many more things whenever you start sharing which is why I feel like it's so important to share to share our stories that's why I feel like this podcast is so important because a lot of people start really getting insight 
and to um, people that they've made assumptions about. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I had no idea that you went through, you know, blank. Um, yeah, and the support system is what makes it even better. You know, having right. always people rooting for you and it makes you feel good. Like you always have that sense of nobody likes feeling alone. Right. You know, and we all need that back backbone to be like, hey, you're not alone. Right. We're as the friends, we're as the family, we're as the coworkers. Like we always need someone always right. to know that they have our backs and they're there rooting for you and it feels good feeling supported. Right. And then that's, you know, that's what um, humans are designed for. They're meant to be a species that actually is, you know, part of something more, part of something like a tribe. And so speaking of tribe, um, who are you closest to in your own family? I think coming from um, a Mexican background, uh, (laughs) very... I think we are are very very tight. I think it like I have a, bro- a younger brother and an older sister and my parents. So I'm the middle layer. I'm, I've always been like the troublemaker and <laughs> the middle kid. But I think because we I grew up being so tight and close knit to my family. I think it's it's always been like depending on what you need it's the person that you tend to go to right like for example my mom obviously like she's the one that's the most like the closest and similar personalities to me and whenever i need that unconditional motherly warmth love like i go to her you know like when i need that advice when i just need to feel like like the little kid that needs to be cuddled and feel warm like I go to my mom even though sometimes because we're so similar we tend to clash but I think it's all part of like what family is right like that no matter what you're choosing to love each other even when we struggle to like each other I think that's like the beautiful thing about the family um just showing commitment loyalty and like selfless love like for example with my dad it's like daddy's girl like how when I need to be feeling like protected and I need to feel safe and loved. My sister is like the crazy one that we're so yin and yang. We're so completely (laughs) opposite. But at the same time, like she is, she's always there for me, you know, and um, loving me no matter what and being there for me. Like if we, if I need to like go and get out of town and be crazy, she's the one to be like my best friend for the day. And, like, my brother, he is, like, if I want someone to tell me a blunt truth, like, he's brutally honest, but at the same time, like, he's a person that I'll I'll never feel judged by. He's always been there for me, and he's very serious in some sort of ways, but very fun also. Like, we're all kind of, it's like with all families, right? It's, like, chaotic and fun and crazy and if it's not that then it's not family you know (laughs) um even though i do believe um because family is like the strongest like bind i can if i had to define it it's like the strongest bond that there is like and i don't i really do believe that it doesn't necessarily need to be defined 
by last name or by blood right. because you can find family um, without being blood related. Um, uh, I am blessed and grateful that I still have all my family with me. And But even though they don't live here, um, this past year has been one of the hardest ones and they've been there for me even through the distance. So that's when you realize like no matter what your family, again, by blood or chosen, it's someone that's always going to be there for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing to have and I think everybody should have one. You know, either, again, by blood or chosen one, you always need someone to have your back and be there for you and you so to reciprocate as well right and I think that that support system in this past year um, we have been having a ton of reflection time about what's really worth our time and our energy and what do we really want out of our lives I think for a while we'll be continuously continuously reflecting on the impact of the pandemic because it's just it feels like it's ongoing oh yeah Um, And I think some people were really able to take that solitude and reflect on what they what they want as their mission and their vision and their why. And like, should I leave my job? Should I stay? Should I, you know, should I make more time for my family? Um, Do I really want to, you know, create some distance with my family and lean harder on the on, you know, my chosen family? Like you said, like we started really stripping away what's truly important. Um, yeah. So what do you feel like, you know, maybe is one of the biggest lessons that you learned during that time? Or what do you feel like is your why? Uh, I think just it's, it's, a, it's a constant and daily thing, like trying to find. I think we all, every day, we try to find our why or try to find our purpose. Um, I think being a mom... And like you said, going through the pandemic and being a teacher and it's just trying. If tomorrow I'm not here, I want to think and I want to believe that I'm leaving something behind. Um, Whereas it be a seat of inspiration, whereas it be some sort of unknown wisdom that I gave out to a stranger or a smile that changed someone's day if I can leave something behind other than just knowing that it's just there's so much more other than myself like my physical body is going to be gone one day but if I can leave something to my kids if I can leave something to the person that walked into my class today if they can leave with something that they can um, spread out Whereas be unconditional love, where I can be like being honest, be kind to one another, even inspire in some sort of way, knowing that we never know what someone else is going through. And you, by being there for someone without judgment, going back again with like a no judgment zone, I think it's one of the most important and beautiful things that you can do. It's just, I wouldn't say legacy because I don't, I don't think I have a legacy to leave behind, but it's just if I can just leave something other than just myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think telling people that everything, like I told you before, like I think I read a quote that's like, you've been assigned this mountain 
to show others that it can be moved and it can attach to anything in life, right? Um, it could be any kind of situation in any individual's life. If someone can see that you could do it and that you struggle through whatever that might be, pandemic, family, health, whatnot, if they can see that you were able to overcome that and overcome struggles, and you just by being you and just by fighting your own battles inspire someone, for me that's that's gold. You know? Mm-hmm. When people when I receive messages it's like, Oh, you did this and you have no idea how much you inspired me and you don't realize it until someone tells you and then you're more aware of who you who you become and who you are being because you never know who's watching. Right. Especially with your kids, right? when you say about me being a mom, it's like, sometimes I don't realize that they watch everything, you know? So everything, kids or strangers or your family, if you can leave something that inspires them to be a better human being, I think that that's something, that's a beautiful thing that I would like to leave behind. Right, and I feel like a drop of inspiration. Right, and I feel like you know, parents are obviously granted the opportunity to be the greatest teachers, just like you're talking about. So, is that one of the messages that you want your kids to learn from you, or are there some other messages too that have been kind of touching your heart lately about what you want your kids to learn from you? Um, I think yeah, just for me, if. I just want my kids to make this world a better world, no matter what, and, and to find things that makes them happy. I do believe we're, I grew up in a very stuck up society um, where you basically are giving a script, right? Like, this is what you should do to become happy or to find your happiness. Like, you graduate, you get married, you have kids, you have a job, you have a house right? And you start checking those marks because that's what you've been told to do. For me, I would change the script on my kids because I've hit walls throughout my life. Um, we've been through so many changes, I think, in the world um, that I want them just to look what sparks their fire. You know, like, I just want my kids to be happy, whatever that may be. Because if the tomorrow comes and they end up not wanting to go to college, but like becoming an artist or like whatever that may be makes them happy, I think at the end of the day, no matter what you do, if you don't do it with your full heart and, and you don't, if you don't do what makes you happy, then what are you doing in life? Right. I think I, think I want them to wake up every day being happy of who they are, no matter what that may be or look like. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, and I said it uh, a couple of times in my post a couple of days ago, I want to create my own set of rules for my kids. Like I don't care what society tells me what motherhood looks like or what they told me that motherhood would look like. I realize that it's not that. Yeah. That you find your own ways to overcome any kind of situation, to live your life the best way you can with the situations that you were giving. Because every we all have different lives. We all have very different paths that we're walking. Right. So I don't believe that we all should have the same set of standards and rules if we all are living different lives. Right. So for me, it's just finding 
what makes them happy and for them to find their own happiness and be their own individual person, like individuality, love, kindness, as long as there's they're not doing harm to others and they're being happy, I think that's what will make my heart happy, just seeing them happy, do whatever that may be. Right. And I believe that obviously kids can also be some of our best teachers. Is there anything that you feel like you've learned recently from them or in the past that you're just surprised because you're just like, wow, like y'all are just so... You're just so smart. <laughs> I just, I love how kids can teach you, you know, just some of the simplest lessons or reminders. Is there a message that you've learned from them recently? I think just being happy. I swear, like, I see them every day, and they're just living life. They're being in the moment. You know how a kid can be crying, and two seconds later, they're happy again, dancing <laughs> and painting and drawing, um... But it's just, like, just find it. Again, it's just, you're like, well, sometimes as adults, we overthink so much things, and we move ahead of ourselves so much. Why don't we just, why are we not just being? Just be today, the right now. Nobody assured us that we're going to be even here 30 minutes from now or right. like 10 seconds from now. Right. So why are we, why are you not enjoying the right now? We're so worried. And what am I going to do in five years? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do in 10 years? Am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? Am I, you don't even know where you're going to live in 10 seconds. You know, like nobody assured of that. So kids always have taught me just to live in the moment, to not get caught up in life and be, either past things that already happened that you can't change, um, either past things that you can't happen and you can't change, or, or just future, you know? Right. And I, um, I feel like, you know, one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn that also I, I could imagine comes from it is learning about your recent diagnosis with MS. Can you tell us and share us uh, a little bit about how it felt finding out about your diagnosis? Well, it, it, it was very hard at the beginning um, because it was very unexpected completely unexpected um long story short and i don't know how short i can make this <laughs> but i was i mean i've always been a healthy person never had any kind of like never had symptoms never had any kind of like warning signs i would think um and then one day uh two days after christmas it was december 27th i was with my kids uh, we went, me and a couple of friends, we went hiking with the, with our kids and we went to a park where we had our day, we were hiking and then afterwards we were, I was just heading home and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stop for some snacks at ATV and like what, like something just to feed the kids and we're going back home. So I stopped at ATV right after we got off the park. And suddenly I started getting dizzy and I found a friend there that I was one of the friends uh, who I was hiking with. And I told her like, oh wow, I got dizzy. And I, I remember holding onto the cart and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. 
And we, I mean, I had, we had already eaten, we had McDonald's, very healthy, by the way, <laughs> in our hike. But I remember that we were just, um, and I started getting dizzy, and I remember asking her, like, where the laundry detergent was, because I usually don't go to that H-E-B. And she told me, and then I started just seeing blurry, and then I, I remember having a big kind of, like, jerk in my leg. Like, a, when you have, like, a goosebump but very jerky and I remember my leg kind of like went crazy and and I just don't remember that anything from there right. um the, suddenly I woke up I had paramedics I like literally how you see in the movies like you see like a circle of people around you when you open your eyes I saw that like I opened my eyes I saw so many heads and faces but I couldn't make up anything because it was blurry um and then one paramedic asked me, have you had a seizure before? That was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, and then I, my heart started beating up so fast. I started just, I couldn't even answer because I started like asking where my kids were. I was like, where are my kids? Where are my kids? And my friend like yelled, just like, they're with me. And I remember looking at the paramedic and I'm like, what do you mean a seizure? And my friend was like, you seized, you had a full on seizure. And then I remember I took my mask out because I was wearing a cloth mask and it was full of blood. And I freaked out even more and I started crying because at that moment, I was so out of it. Like, I didn't know if there was blood coming from inside of me. You know, I was like, am I, like, what's happening? Like, they were telling me things that I've never heard that I was not um, familiar with, like seizure and I've seen blood and then, like suddenly um i couldn't feel my mouth and it was just chaotic and then my friend told me like once we started talking she's like when you asked me for the laundry detergent you started walking with no direction just kind of like zombie mode and that she kept looking at me from behind she's like i looked you turned around so i was looking you from your back and she's like, suddenly your whole body got wooden stiff, like you just got stiff. And she said, like, I started seizing, standing up, and then suddenly my whole body moved like in a pendulum. Like, like my left side was still standing, but my right side kind of like wobbled forward. Oh wow! And I, I hit, I think I hit my forehead in the cart, and then I fell face down in the concrete floor. Oh wow! And um. After that, they took me to the hospital, and they kept doing me lab tests, and they were asking me so many questions, and I was so out of it. I thought they were going to tell me it's exhaustion, it's stress. I mean, we had been going through a pandemic. I had been going through a lot of family stuff. Right. There was a lot of stress going on in my life that I was like, well, maybe they're going to tell me you're dehydrated, you're stressed, you're like, you need more sleep, until they told me they needed to refer me to a neurologist. So I was like, oh, neurologist? I was like, what? And yeah, like after a while, I was I was hospitalized for four days, lots of blood draw, lots of lab tests, no results. And after I saw the neurologist a couple of weeks later, that's when she confirmed, she was like, you have MS. And it's a word that I had vaguely hurt to be honest I don't have any family history with multiple sclerosis so I had no idea what they were telling me I just knew that it was 
probably something related to my brain because uh, I was talking to a neurologist and when she started explaining a little bit, everything went just like blank. I just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like you, it's something that you never expect, especially when they tell you there's no cure for it. Right. That there's something that you're going to live with and, and then suddenly you start hearing all these things and like you may start becoming um, disabled, you may stop not talking or walking or seeing blurry or like all these scary things that everything comes into your head. Yeah. But I knew that in that moment, I was the only one that had the power of how I was gonna take it mentally. I knew because of everything that I've gone through that my brain could be my biggest enemy if I let it. So I remember telling my family, please don't send me articles, please don't send me anything. I will cross bridges when I get there. The only person I need to hear right now and to listen to is my doctor because I'm an overthinker as is. So I knew that if I started reading everything that could happen, I was going to wake up waiting for that to happen right. or counting the days until something happened. And right. I knew that it may or may never happen to me because uh, MS, what I've learned is that in every single person is different. There is no template and that's why it's so hard physically and mentally because that's why they call it like the invisible illness because people might tell you like, but you look fine when in reality like every inch of your body hurts. Right. Or you can't communicate because words can't come out of your mouth or like suddenly you're having spasms. And I started realizing that I, w I had to make peace that I was, I was about to start living with this disease. But I also had the power in how was I going to live with it? Am I going to live with it in fear? And am I going to live with it? angry at life because why me or was I going to be like you know what yes I have it I'll cross bridges when new symptoms flare up and come up um and so I just started living one day at a time you know mm -hmm. attaching to what we just talked it's like trying this even enforced my living one day at a time mm -hmm. the one moment at a time because especially with this it's like I could have a really good day right now mm -hmm. and then five minutes from now mm -hmm. I cannot you know right. so it just and it's it's the same with life what I just told you I think like we don't know what's gonna happen in five seconds from now so why not just do the best that you can and living the best that you can mm -hmm. in, in doing anything that makes you smile and brings you joy mm -hmm. that moment that you're in right now mm -hmm. just being present Lucy, wow. um, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. I know a lot of this, these topics are very, um, they're, they're challenging to speak on, but it just speaks to a lot of your internal strength and your character and who you have become as a person. So I just appreciate you being, being here with us today. We have about a little under five minutes left, and um, some things that we like to touch on um, at the end are you know, what are your three truths that you know to be true? Or what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? But I remember hearing you say, 
you're kind of still discovering your legacy and you have a lot of things that, you know, you want to be remembered for. Um, but as we're wrapping up, I just kind of want to hand it right back to you and just what are some things that you feel like you would like to leave um, our audience with today after after our conversation? I would say for anybody out there struggling with anything, it could be from the smallest thing to one of the biggest struggles that you've experienced in life, um, I would say that um, that you have survived everything and what you've gone through until now. You're still here until this point, and there are still people we all have yet to meet, and there's things that we all have yet to experience. And I think we can do this. It's just a matter of, of switching that mindset. And we're absolutely capable of creating the life we all think and dream of. It's, it's in our hands and just, I think we need to stop just living in our heads and make things happen. Mm -hmm. Just go for it and go for what makes you happy. And no matter how dark it might get, there's always sunshine coming out at the end, even when we don't think <laughs> it might. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Lucy, again, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I have no idea how that hour just flew by like it did, but it did. Um, I <laughs> and I cannot wait for this to get to people's ears um, before we totally um, cut out today. Is there any last pieces that you would like to say? Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me space this time to just talk about this, me, myself, yoga, a little bit of everything. And I mean, I couldn't be more grateful for you. I mean, you're a person I never thought I would be, and <laughs> you just by just by doing this and the little that we've talked and the things that we have shared, I think you have truly opened my eyes in a very different ways, and you have also brought a lot of a lot of insight in many topics. And I love that you're doing this, and thank you for sharing different experiences, different lives, because I truly believe that everyone can learn from someone else's journey mm -hmm. and we all can take we all we all become students we are our students uh, in our lifetime so thank you for allowing us in your space to learn from each other to grow from each other and to keep inspiring each other yes thank you yeah i think that one of the greatest opportunities I have of my life is being a student and a teacher and having more opportunities to really shed light on how everybody has their own story to share. And just like you said, to learn from each other. That's one thing that I feel like was constantly reoccurring when I, when I talk to people about this space is I don't have anything to say. And I was just like, well, just leave that to me. <laughs> I, I love digging. I love digging deep into people's stories. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your time. And, I mean, honestly, thank you for this space and for inviting me, for having me. I'll be forever grateful for this. 
Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, why our coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human and their journey, and I hope to continue to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.